a listener production. This episode consists of in-depth conversations surrounding pregnancy loss and infertility. Also, throughout the episode, you're going to hear little snippets that we recorded literally through the journey that were like happening at the time of my scans and like peeing on sticks. So there's going to be like emotional pieces tucked into this episode for you too. You're listening to Darling Shine, a podcast by myself, Elodie Pullen, and me, Chloe Fisher. A place where we ground womanhood's unspoken experiences from grief to fertility and everything in between. Join us while we transform our pain into power, encompassing all emotions, ugly and beautiful. Darling Shine is your chosen family and your survival kit for the unexpected shit life throws at you. Hello, darling. We are recording to you all live from Bali, from my room here. How bloody good. Everybody is very eager to know where I'm at with my fertility journey. We didn't really, we sort of touched on it in the first episode, but we thought that we would dedicate a whole episode to what went down when I came home from Europe. We're going to kind of go from the beginning there, which dated back to October of 2022. A lot happened. Yeah. And I definitely kept it under wraps because I think that at this point I was just like, I just can't bother to talk about it. And it kind of worked out well that we weren't really doing podcasts at the time because I was just like, I don't know, I felt like these rounds were just like a little bit overwhelming. And there was also like so much going on at the same time. And by the way, I'm going to be talking a bit this, obviously this episode, we'll try and keep it. Um, it's your rep, sis, you go off. I know, I know people just get sick of hearing my voice constant. Oh, often. They get sick of mine, I'm going to shut up. <laughs> We obviously weren't doing IVF when we're in Europe. We kind of just had that time off because, I don't know, it's so funny because everyone is always like, as soon as you forget about it, it will just happen. So that was like the plan on that, like, we're just going to forget about it. But it didn't obviously happen when we're in Europe. And I guess we were so excited to come back to Australia and get started again because, yeah, we had done five rounds. I came home last week of October and my period literally came on the 31st of October. I was like, yay. It's like one time that I was so excited to get my period because... It was good timing. Yeah, really good timing because you know when you get your period, it means that you get to start a cycle of IVF. Yeah. So that is day one of your cycle when you get your period and generally you will go in for a scan um, and bloods that day and then usually you'll start your cycle of IVF on day two or three of your cycle. And for my case, we started on the 2nd of November. You do the medication for two weeks, which are all the injections and everything like that. I'm going to actually talk through the cycles that I did at home. I'm also going to talk through the medication that I took because a lot of people send lots of messages to recommend different types of medication and what what I've been taking and stuff like that. So I just figured I'm just going to talk through all of the cycles, all the medication, and just kind of try and put it all out there on the table. So this round I was doing Gonal F, Menopure, Oragul Trance, so hard to pronounce wow. these things, Ovidril Triggers, and then the Cronone is the progesterone gel that you start using after you do the transfer. So they were the combination of medication that I was taking this time around, and that started on the 2nd of November. 
the needles don't really bother me. I know that um, some people are scared of needles and they find it really difficult to administer it. But for me, I was just like, it doesn't really. You're a weapon. kind of like, I think that I get excited when I take it because I know I'm doing another round and it's just like one step closer to the baby. So like it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't really bother me. And you've been doing them for so long now. So it's just like, unfortunately, second nature. You're just like, cool, let's jab. I see you doing them so flippantly. I'm like, whoa, you're an actual weapon. Like, I mean, I did a bit of IVF too, but nothing obviously compared to you. And I did get freaked out every morning. I had to kind of psych myself. And I'm a tough bitch, but I had to kind of be like, and I don't mind needles at all. But I was a bit like, every time. Yeah, it's funny because some of them hurt more than others and I don't know why. It's really so strange. Yeah, and your ones are massive, like, you're like a full scientist and she mixes them together. And- yeah, the men, are, the men are her ones. It actually comes in like two vials. One vial has powder and the other vial is a liquid and you have to get a syringe and like syringe the liquid out, then put it in the powder one, mix it around, yeah. take it out, and then you like keep it in that little one and it lasts like the whole time and then you have to take it out yourself. They're not actually pre-done syringes these ones you DIY vibes it's breaking bad shit (laughs) that was my two weeks of doing needles and at the end of the two weeks depending on how your bloods are going you do your trigger shot 36 hours exactly after your trigger shot is when you're going in for egg collection so I found out that my trigger shot was at 6 30 p.m on the night of the Sydney show and so like all my friends we're at this Sydney show. And, this is so funny. And Paul was playing at 7.30. So I was like, oh, my goodness, of course it has to be done. It was exactly an hour before oh. Paul went on. Anyway, all the, my girlfriends that knew that were going on were like, yep, you're my cheese squad today. We're, um, we're going to go in. We all went into the green room before Paul played. Paul was in there, a few of our friends, and everyone's like kissing the be- my belly, rubbing my belly. Everyone like stood around the, oh, sorry, <laughs> the table. Everyone stood around my belly. We all like sent a good vibes like this is the one you're on you're on like good luck good luck and then the boys from the inspired unemployed if no like everyone yeah. knows them. well I mean like international people like not everybody you know knows yeah. everybody but for people that don't know who they are they're these funny guys from Australia what are their names Jack and is it Matt, Matt. Jack yeah. and Matt and they yeah, yeah. they also have a podcast but they're just like very funny on Instagram so you can follow them on Instagram they're called the uninspired employed. Anyway, I love them. They're so funny, man. They're freaking hilarious. And so they were there and they've come in as I was about to put these needles in my stomach. (laughs) And they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm doing IVF. It's my trigger shot, so I'm putting them in. Meanwhile, all the boys in the room that had no idea what IVF was thought that I was literally injecting Paul's sperm into my stomach. (laughs) Like... (laughs) What the fuck? But then these boys come in and they start chanting as I'm doing the needles. They're going, IBS, IBS. And I'm like, no, it's not. Do you know what IBS is? Irritable bowel syndrome, irritable bowel syndrome. (laughs) IBS. I'm like, no, it's IVF. And they're like, I don't think they still understood. But anyway, we got through it. If they're listening, they're learning a few things. We might have to get them on the pod and do like a, we should quiz them on IVF. The and fe- IBS shit. And the female reproductive system. We're going to get them all. We're going to do like a little. Anyway, so that was really funny. So that was bloody hilarious. We were all honestly pissing ourselves laughing. And then an hour later, Paul went on. And it was just like the most amazing show ever. And we just, he had a, 
went to Perth the following day and I didn't actually go to Perth because I was having my egg collection on, I believe it was the Monday. Yeah, it was the Monday. Our good friend Erica drove me to the surgery and dropped me off there, had my little egg collection. And and I think as well with this journey and doing IVF, it's it, it's definitely like you, you kind of find your tribe and they all jump in where needed yeah. because obviously Paul wasn't there and she was like 100% like I'm driving you there and drop me off, pick up the patient. Yeah, it's literally a 4am drop off because it's like admission time is like 5am. It's just like... It takes a village still. It does. All right, doll, tell me about the latest collection. So I've just done two weeks worth of the injections. We got six eggs out, which to me is quite disappointing. It still baffles me that I'm only getting six and I'm like so young and like I'd imagine to be very healthy. You hear of people getting like 25 But like, yeah, there was women that were like I was hearing waking up in the beds around me and like they're going, how many? You know, the nurse is asking and I could hear them like 20 or 26 or and I'm like, fuck. Anyway, I was like, you know what? Just in my head, just going, you only need one, you only need one, you only need one. Yeah, girl. So anyway, you get the call that afternoon and they tell you what eggs were mature and only four of my six were mature, which was a bit of a stab in the guts again. I was just like, okay, cool. So now this is like, why are my eggs shit? Why have you already lost two? Yeah, before I even inseminated them. And then Mm. so basically that same day with the collection, they will inseminate because I'm doing ICSI they're actually picking individual sperm and they're putting an individual sperm into the egg. But Paul was actually away that day. He was actually in Brisbane because it was when the Brisbane Fisher Tour happened. That's why I sat out, by the way, for our listeners who were like freaking out that I was missed because I wasn't there. I was actually doing an egg collection. Little did you guys all know. They have got frozen sperm of his from when we very, very, very first started IVF two years ago. So two years younger sperm than he currently is. They pick a really good one, inseminate it with the eggs. And then day one, the following day, they'll call up with an update of like what has fertilized. So then I got that call that next day and we had already lost another two. Isn't it just so scary answering the phone that whole week? I think I just like came into it just like, you know what, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like I'm going to use a frozen embryo anyway when I do a transfer. So whatever I get now is a bonus. But then I think it like really Mm. starts hitting in like, of course. Hang on a does. second. Like, why am I not getting these eggs and embryo? Like, what's going on? Like, I, and I just, there's no answers to it at this point. Praying that I get these two to the end, I'm going to genetically test them. So I won't get those results for like about six weeks yep. after they get to day five. And then, yeah, so we'll do the transfer and fingers crossed. Yeah. They were both healthy, both like A grade embryos. We biopsied them to test them genetically. One of them came back genetically normal and one of them came back as a mosaic. And like, they obviously don't really recommend using them unless you like really need to, because that means that like one of the, like something chromosomally isn't normal within the embryo. So I I won't probably use them until like, you know, I, I use up all my eggs that I have. But this round when I did my transfer, I always just had this feeling in my gut that my first ever, because I have three embryos frozen, well, I had four, and my very first one I had never used. So I was just like, what happens if that's the one? Like, what happens if that's the one? And I also hadn't transferred a frozen embryo before. So I was like, yep, this is the one. I transferred that frozen embryo, which my first ever one, and then I had the two-week wait. And the two-week wait is just like torture. 
We've done episodes on it if you need help through it. Yeah, it's just like it's so long and, yeah, every day you're just trying to keep busy. But You're trying not to pee on sticks and it's impossible. Yeah, and I honestly like was quite busy this time around because we had Paul's tour and then we had, he had another tour in Australia following that, which was the spilt milk tour. So there was a lot going Mm -hmm. on. He also got nominated for GQ Award for Artist of the Year. And so we were going down to Sydney. And he won it. Yes. I was getting to that, but yes, (sighs) he won. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we went down there not knowing, like, what the go was, but we're like, we should go down there. They wanted us to come down to, like, maybe that's what, maybe he has won, so maybe that's what we should go down. And I think it was, like, a few days out from me peeing on a stick and finding out, but I just was so confident. So where are we at, doll? You were feeling really positive last week. Yeah, I feel like I need to just like put myself back in my box a little bit because like I definitely came in guns blazing and I think that like that's my like way of the initial like... Getting through the... Getting through that initial. Like you're obviously so excited when because mm. it's like the world is your oyster basically when it goes in. So you're like, yeah, positive, da 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 But now I don't feel any of the feels and I literally woke up yesterday morning and I'm like, hmm... I've kind of felt a shift and I think maybe, I don't know, like I don't feel like my boobs aren't sore at all, like nothing. Everything is just like I just feel completely normal. So, look, I'm still trying to be positive. It's still obviously early days. It's only been six days, but I'm now kind of just like looking into the future in the sense that like, look, it's fine because I'm here in Australia. I can go straight back-to-back cycles and like if I just keep on doing this and it's going to like – eventually it's going to work. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I just like, I'm still trying to be super positive about it, but I just don't, I think something's shifted. And I like, I don't know whether it did work for a second and it's, it was a chemical pregnancy, but I don't know. I'm definitely jumping the guns. I don't get to do a pregnancy. Well, I am going to do a pregnancy test on the weekend because you're not, you're not meant to, but my actual official test is next Wednesday, which it's now Friday. But Elodie and I are going to Sydney on Monday, Monday through Wednesday, and I, I like I should have like at least a faint positive on like the Monday morning. So yeah, you want to? I kind of just want to know before I go go away, just because like I just need to. I don't know. I wouldn't. I'd rather do it at home. I'm very much like I need to do it by myself, and I need to like just like wrap my head around it before I see people and just like okay. Yeah, I feel um, like I've never seen you so balanced during an IVF cycle, as well yeah. as like you've had this. You've been so excited, and then you've had this shift where you're kind of a bit like down. Yeah. But the way that you can talk about it and the way that yeah. you've got this like vision or what, what you're going to do if like you're like yeah. already combating. Yeah. I think that I'm just like, it, I've just done it so many times now that I'm like, I can't get my knickers in a knot. What am I, mm. me like moping or me crying or me like, obviously I'm going to be absolutely oh, God, fucking yeah. devastated, but like, it's not going to get me a baby. I just have to keep moving forward. The next time you hear from me, you're going to know. Hang on, little fishy. So I went home, went to bed, went back to Sydney and basically I found out, I think two days later, like I literally got my period. So that round didn't work. So that brought me up to the end of November. You get your period. Obviously I'm devastated because this round didn't work, but I'm also just like, fine, let's just pump straight into. You were so positive. You just went straight from having the gnarliest news to like, fuck it, let's go again right now. Like how do you find that mental strength and just emotionally to just go straight into another round for for anyone else doing this? I don't know. I think I'm just so desensitised to the whole experience now. Like 
emotionally and mentally, it's it's definitely getting harder, and I feel I feel extremely defeated. But like, I obviously I, I have this mentality where I'm just like, I can't just sit here and do nothing, and and also obviously we travel for Paul's work, and we're we're on the road all year round. I'm very limited with time when I am in Australia or when I am with my doctor that I do trust and I do believe in. And that was this moment in time when I was in Australia. So I only had three months. So I'm like, I need to just pump this out. And if it didn't work, there's no time to just sit around and, and mope. Yeah, I, obviously I do have my days. Like I, yeah. I cry, I, like it, it's devastating. But you also kind of then have this next bit of hope. Then you're like, oh, it's fine. In two weeks, we're going to be on again. It's all good, surely surely next time will work. So I think that that's where I kind of get to in my head. Um, That was the end of November. So then on the 3rd of December, we started our sixth cycle of medication and then we actually changed it up a little bit um, this round because we started treating me, even though I have done the test for the natural killer cells where it's basically your body attacks the embryos and I didn't come back with high blood cells for that. But because I just had these like, recurrent cycles that weren't working and recurrent miscarriages, we decided just to treat me for it anyway. From day one of my cycle, I was taking a low dose of aspirin. And so basically aspirin is commonly used to prevent eclampsia. And I actually didn't really know anything about that, but basically they like preeclampsia is thought to be caused by the placenta not developing properly due to like a problem with the blood vessels supplying it. And I guess the reason why you take the low dose aspirin is to help with like blood clotting and all that sort of stuff. I was also taking prednisolone, which is it's like a steroid and it's used to treat people that have recurrent miscarriage. So I start taking that on, so taking that on day three. I was also taking gonal F again and you get the gist, but people that are doing IVF, they will ring bells to them yeah. and I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm on those too. So for the first time I started Clexane, which is also known as Lovenox. Usually I think that that's what they call it in the States. And that again is an injection and that's used to like thin your blood and prevent blood clots. So I was doing a full concoction. of So much. Like so much. And the Clexane shots are the ones that were giving me the really, really, really bad bruises. Yeah, so I was doing those every single night. So then early December, I do the bloods, I do the ultrasounds. And then the 14th of December, I had another egg pickup. I had four eggs were collected, which it's beginning to feel very heavy at this point because like, yes, I do have a low egg count, but I'm starting to get low eggs collected. Whereas previously I'm getting six. I think I got 12 at the very beginning. Yeah. So it is becoming more stressful and more pressure and more like far out. Like this is like, I don't know, as time goes on, they do say like, you know, you really need to start freezing the eggs and getting your bank up of your eggs because the older you get, the less you're going to get. And like you're trying, it's, it's only been three years of me trying for a baby, two years of IVF, but I'm watching these dwindle down really fast. I collected the four embryos that in itself was like pretty, a pretty tough pill to swallow. Yeah. And then that evening they called and they're like, unfortunately only one of the eggs were actually mature. And I'm like. Fuck, that was so what? heavy. 
what do you mean only one? Like why? Like I, nothing has changed at all. If anything, I'm, I was the healthiest I've been in years. Like I had, I hadn't really been drinking. I hadn't been on the road. I was like at home. I was exercising. I was eating good food. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't really ever touch wood get sick either. So like my immune system was great. And like my doctor was like, have you been sick recently? I'm like, no, like I honestly, especially this being the second round of IVF that I'd done back in Oz this trip, in the lead up to it, I'd just been at home and just really good in a really good headspace. And then they called me the following morning to give me my my little update. And they're like, we're really sorry, but it didn't survive the night. And I was like, oh, oh my God. That because, fucked. Yeah, because you hear of this happening to people. You know, I'm collecting low amounts and I'm getting one or two to the end. Like the following, the previous round, I got one. And you're like, oh, at least I'm getting one, I guess. Some people get this call up and it's, you didn't get any. Like, imagine that. And you were doing a million needles. Like, you just were doing so much to then, like, literally be left with nothing. Nothing. So literally nothing. And I was like, wow, okay. Chloe. I don't know. I feel like that was. That was snooze. That was almost as heavy as, like, having a miscarriage. Because you just, that's like a whole month's worth of a cycle to get zero. But we ended up then, because I was just like, well, I'm still going to do a transfer, obviously. Like I, I, I had I had the one that we got the previous round frozen. that was genetically tested good that was frozen. So we're like, well, let's just use that one because I do still have three on ice, but they're not tested because I did them. They were from my very, very, very first rounds and we weren't really testing them genetically at that time because they were like, you're young, they're going to be genetically normal, it's fine. So I was just like, well, fuck, let's just use this really good one. So we used the really good one. That was um, transferred on the 19th of December and obviously that's a week out from Christmas and New Year and, like, yeah, no one really knew where I was kind of at with everything because I kind of just stopped talking about it. I was just a bit over, like, over it all really and especially at that time of the year it's like the happy season. Everyone's, like, having events and having bloody Christmas parties and lunches and it was just like... And that's the thing that when I was talking about it, I think in our first or second ep of this season, I'm like, people are like, why aren't you drinking? And I'm just like, fuck, can we just like not, mm. can we make this not a thing? And it's not just me. I feel like other people that don't drink, not even the, the reason of doing IVF or the reason of doing, you know, that they're pregnant, like people, we need to break that stigma around that you have to be drinking at events. It just like, it sucks. Rewind back to the week of Christmas. You guys all know if you listen to the previous episodes, we I said that I peed on the stick on Christmas Day and it was negative. Yes, it was a bit early. Merry Christmas. Yeah, that sucked. It it literally completely ruined our Christmas. Yes. I probably shouldn't have peed on the stick because it was definitely only like six days in. But I was like, you know what? It's six days in. It should be a faint line. Every other pregnancy that I've had, it's been a, a really faint line. So I don't know. We then went to your house and tried to just like shake it off a little and but it was weird because I just kept on looking at the stick going I just mm. I swear there's something there and Paul's like no you I, really felt you were pregnant that 
Like, I mean, I know you feel it every month, but, like, there was something in the air about that one. I don't think I felt it physically, but, like, emotionally and just, like, the right time and universally I felt it was the one. And I had had a dream, weirdly, that you had done a test and it was positive. Close said it's negative, I, I'm not pregnant. I was like, oh, I just feel like, I don't know. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I was like, I think you did it too early. Yeah. And then I went down to Sydney the following day to be with my family, had Christmas with my family. I can feel when I'm about to start having my period. Like I just know. And my period's so consistent on the dot that I was like, yeah, I started bleeding that night. I think it was Boxing Day. Stopped taking the progesterone, stopped, stopped doing the clepsine shots because I was just like, yep, sweet. And then I was just eager, again, it's this cycle, just eager to get cracking on that third round while I was in Oz. I was just keen to get cracking on round seven because the sooner I get my bloods done, then I start again basically. And I was obviously coming to Bali, so I just wanted to like get it done. Went in Sydney, I went and got my bloods, got back to the Goldie the following day, but it was just like a really weird time. I was just so like down. I wasn't really showing it to anyone. And I was just like, ah, oh. just felt again, so defeated. Just like we were down the beach with Minnie that morning. And it was just like, so cute. Like I was in the ocean and just like, I just feel like I just have been talking so much just to the universe and the sky and just going, come on. Like, no, you know, it's like always like, not now. Like it's going to happen when the universe is right and all this sort of stuff. But I'm just like, fuck, I just feel like, I don't know. I just don't know why it's not the right time. Anyway. Chloe was literally swimming in the water and I was standing on the shore with Minnie and my friend Maddie and I was like, oh, look at her. Like we were like, oh, fuck, she's so strong. Like I hope she's okay kind of. And we could see you out in the ocean like kind of literally like could see you channeling and talking to the universe. Like you were having a moment out there and I was like, oh, fuck, look at her. She's actually having a bit of a moment out there. Like, oh, my God, yeah, let's give her a big weird. hug kind of thing when she comes in. It was like a really moody day. Remember? It was a like, weird, it was, like the it was beautiful, was actually. Go down the beach this morning. I was just about to jump in the shower. I was actually like, I've been talking to like Chumpy this whole time. Like, oh, Chumpy, come on. Like, you know, before I got my period, mind you, like, it, like the last few days have just been fucking normal. But, like, I'm like, come on, you know, like, looking up the sky, da-da-da, manifesting. I will be pregnant in December 22. I will be pregnant. And I and even I'll- watched you out in the surf and I was like, fuck, she's really doing some pondering <laughs> out there. Like, you're doing a bit of soul searching out there in the ocean. And I was yeah, like, Yeah, because I'm just trying to put as much this- positive energy into, like, anything that I can yeah. possibly. Um, anyway, so I've, like, had a shower. The pathology, like, I know the phone number. Speak to, no, sorry, speak to my IVF clinic. Shower and she's at the just, beach. Like, the beach shower, Yeah, the beach way. shower. Ellie's getting Minnie in the car, get this phone call from um, the IVF clinic and she's like, hey, you know, can you repeat your name, date of birth? She's like, so your blood tests have come back and you're pregnant. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I was just like, no, she's just like, it's come back as a positive reading. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I was like, are you actually joking? And she's like, no, no. She's like, as if I'd be calling you to joke about that. I literally nearly fell over backwards. I and, and she, I screamed. You kept fumbling on the phone. You kept being like, oh, I, I don't even know my name anymore. I don't know. Like, and then we I'm like, Ellie, so I like excited. screamed out to Elodie at the car and I'm like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. Like what? And then, and then she's so like, you need to get back on your fucking medication. Like I don't know why you're just like self fucking yeah, unmedicating you yourself. bloody progesterone. Well, it was only one day, but. I did stop because I was like, I've got my period. Yeah. So like the, the sooner I stop this, the sooner the bleeds are going to happen properly. So look, but in saying that, 
I'm really trying to protect myself here because although it was a positive, I actually went home and I peed on a stick and it's like a full positive pregnancy test. <laughs> I don't even know why I didn't even, I just didn't even think to my do it. My dream came true. But like, I didn't even think to redo it because I'm like, I have my period. But totally. this is okay. So this is what I want to go to now, which is like where I'm really nervous and like I could come back on here in a week's time and I'll have bad news for you guys. But I, I, I'm not. I'm not projecting yeah, that. No, we're not. But basically, my 2023 is your year. It was year, like girl. I have been spotting like dark old blood, which is fine. But as soon as I stopped the progesterone, I did have two like quite substantial, not like consistently fresh blood bleeds, but like when I'm white, like a whole tissue's worth of fresh blood. So like that A is obviously concerning because like I would have called that my period, but totally, it is common to bleed. Early in early pregnancy, I've heard it, bleeding. but it was fresh blood, so I don't know. And then also my HCG level is very low still. It was only 45, which is like well, well, well below what any of my other pregnancies have. And then my progesterone is also very low. It was like six. So they're like, you need to start putting that progesterone in, in like put like every two hours today. Look, I only missed one day's worth, so it's not like... I had had stopped this for four yeah. days. It's only three of them that I had not used because I have to do two in each day, one each, one morning and one night. So we're on high alert with your levels and trying to quickly bring them straight back up. Yeah. To so the I just like it's it's funny because like day six was a complete stark negative pregnancy test, and then today is day eleven, and it's Whoa. like a full positive. Which is probably the correct day to test, right? Day 10 Yeah, today is when I'm meant to test. Today, oh, like today was the oh day gosh. that I was meant to test. But in saying that, I'm just like, I have nothing to compare to. Obviously, there was no HCG in my urine before Christmas, before I had the bleed. But it's like been since, but I don't know whether the bleed has like, you know, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm going to go in for another blood test in two days and your HCG every 48 hours should double. So, I'll have more confidence in two days if it's doubled. I'll be like, okay, we might be okay. But right now I'm still very much like it's not a thing. Like I don't believe it and because like I've had, I've been bleeding. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, it's so it's like, weird because this is what I mean. Like I know we speak about this a lot, like the infertility, like I should be the most excited person in the world because I just got, I've been waiting nearly over a year for this positive pregnancy test and it's just happened today. Like, I'm like, what the fuck? But, like, it's not exciting You always me. say you'll never be able to enjoy the news or your pregnancy and I think today we did have this massive spark of excitement and seeing your face was <sighs> the most beautiful thing and, like, it is immediately followed by a bit of fright, like, oh, but what if, like, but yeah. what, you know, you always then feel like you're waiting for something fucking shit to happen or some yeah. bad news. But I so also right feel now, like today was like the most exciting part that I've had of this whole experience through IVF and pregnancy fully. because like I actually was, that phone call was meant to be, yep. you're, you can start your cycle tomorrow. Like I I don't get caught off guard very Literally. often and I fully got caught completely off guard. It was a shock. There was no doubt in my mind. Like yep. there was not one part of my whole body that there was just that was not that was there was just Chloe does not get caught off guard you 100% thought that was going to be a different call talking about the next round yeah but it's actually funny because when I answered I was the the the, my nurses my nurse I could just feel a little bit of like 
in the tone in her voice. Happiness in her, like I could just be like, for one split second before she told me, I was like, why are you so upbeat? Why are you so happy? Like, Because, yeah. like, I don't know, I've been doing this so many times at the clinic that they're just like, she would have got that email and been like, oh, my God, fucking stranger things do happen. Oh, my God. She would have been like, I want to be the one to call Chloe. Yeah, so I don't oh, know. Bless. I'm just like, look at me sitting here right now. Uh, I'm like, I just feel so like, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm really scared. So I feel like the nerves are really high, like, I think on the way. Because it's just like, like how you can be so, like, happy and, like, I even just, just when I got home, I'm like, oh my God, it's fucking happened. Like it's happened. Like, like how it, can it and this I, is I just I, like just felt like this moment was so distant and but I'm just so petrified for Saturday because I'm like, this can be taken away from me really quickly. Right now in this very second, you are fucking pregnant and I know that shit can go wrong, but you need it. Just like you deserve to have this excitement right now. Like I'm not saying just yeah. get your hopes up for the next weeks and stuff, because like you know, but you fucking deserve this day and you deserve that news and you deserve to just be so excited for a few minutes and not be fucking freaking out. <sighs> Come on, little fish, you got to stick. Oh, fuck, there's so much riding stick on Stick, you I little biatch. <laughs> I just can't <laughs> believe it, fuck's sake. I cannot believe it. I then every three days was going in and getting bloods because I just wanted to monitor these levels with my progesterone because I really had to get these progesterone levels up. The numbers were still rising. Everything was good. I was on off sort of bleeding, but every day that I'd go in, my HCG was still rising. I think it wasn't quite doubling, but it was still like just it like very close to doubling. So it was just so crazy. The whole whole thing. Paul was, I don't even know what it was. It was the weirdest. working and it was just. And so, that was just, it was slowly rising. Yeah. So then I think the levels started to plateau off a little bit. It was very touch and go. It was really touch and go. I then went and had, um, I went and had an ultrasound because they're like, let's just see what we can see in there. Because at this point, I think I was meant to be six weeks, although that's still really early for an ultrasound, but they're like, we should see something sort of thing. But because my levels were quite low, they wanted to rule out that it wasn't ectopic. So I go in for this ultrasound. Paul comes with me. Actually, Minnie came, I think. Yeah, we, Minnie went we with you. With us because <laughs> you were down in Sydney. You bring Minnie for good luck. Get in the ultrasound. Literally can't see anything in the ultrasound. And I was like, here we go. Like shattered. Shattered. Um, and the poor ultrasound lady was actually the ultrasound woman that we had um, when we, we miscarried with the twins. So she was almost in tears. I was in tears. We're looking so hard to spot anything. Um, although they couldn't see anything in my tube, so that was, like, good. She actually got, um, there was a gynecologist that was on site, so she got the gynecologist in to redo it just so she could really just double check. Yeah. And she said that she could see some sort of, like, adhesions in my uterus, which I'm like, oh, my God, I've been fucking saying this forever. She's like, I think I can see it the tiniest dot it's not near where these adhesions are, but, like, there's definitely something going on inside your uterus. There's no, it's not ectopic. I'm like, thank God. But the numbers are really low, so go go get blood tests. And they're like, we're going to tell, we'll be able to tell more from the blood test. If the numbers keep rising, you could be good. Sweet. This the was the test. definition of a freaking roller coaster. this two weeks. It was like one day on, next day off. One day on, next day off. You're cheering, then you're screaming, crying, howling, then you're cheering. Yeah, and then they'd be like, as soon as we get these bloods, like, we'll know way, we'll, we'll, we'll know more. And then we'd get the bloods and the, the levels were rising still. Yeah. And they're like, well, 
what's going on? They, they were like, this is, no one can give me answers again. And I'm thinking, far out. This is just so annoying. But, but they were like, the levels are rising, so you need to keep taking the drugs because technically you are pregnant. So maybe yeah. it was just too small to see in the scan. Like it was just the most confusing shit ever. Yeah, and then so... And you're just holding on to the tiniest bit of hope. Like it was gnarly. It was weird because I just, I don't know, I did have hope. Well, I mean, hope was all that you could have. I did have yeah. hope, but then I was also just like trying, I think I'm just, I know this experience so well that I was also just trying not to, I don't know, get my hopes up. In the meantime, I've gone down to Sydney, gone to that fizz party, again, got heckled by everyone why I wasn't drinking. I, like, was drinking cans of fizz but, like, putting fucking soda water in it just so I wasn't getting harassed 24-7. But then I still had people coming up going, oh, like, why aren't you drinking? And I, someone actually saw our part one of our partners in fees putting the soda water in the can and she was just like look gave me that look I'm like listen I'm not drinking because I'm doing IVF at the moment if I was pregnant and I wanted to tell you I would tell you I promise yeah yeah. please leave me alone because it just ruined my it ruins yeah. your night like, like people are watching what I'm doing like, yeah I can't even just pretend to drink and I, and I do feel bad for some of my good friends that I didn't tell but I just it was honestly on one day, off the other day. On one day, off the other day. I was bleeding. I wasn't bleeding. They're telling me you're pregnant. You're six weeks pregnant. You're seven weeks pregnant. You're eight weeks pregnant. You're pregnant until you're not pregnant. And I'm like, so heavy. Oh, it was, yeah. And I, then hmm. um, I went down to Byron, as as you guys probably would have seen. I got to Byron and I did my bloods. And I got when I got there, they, they called me. And they're like, the levels are definitely rising still but they're like sort of starting to plateau and then I literally got to my hotel and I had this massive bleed again and I was just so rattled I was just like so sad I I, Paul was away Paul was actually meant to be on that trip with me and then he ended up having to take a work trip last minute luckily our good friends Tash and Bianca were down in Byron and they literally came straight to my side and and our friend Tashi had also just had a miscarriage a few weeks earlier and we literally just sat in the room and I was like, I haven't told you this. I was actually going to tell you at dinner I'm pregnant but I just got my bloods and the levels aren't really that good and I've just started bleeding, like proper bleeding again. I think I'm miscarrying and we're both crying. It was just like, Awful. what the hell? Like, And that went on for like a week. I then went back to the Gold Coast got my bloods again and the friggin' levels were still rising. And I'm like, and then my doctor was like, you, you, you have to continue to be like pregnant until you're not pregnant. Like, cause you are, if your levels are rising, there's still something growing in there. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm literally going to pull my hair out. Like I can't, I actually can't cope with this anymore. Like yeah. this, this had been going on for four weeks. And so much false hope. Cause like you're, you're all of a sudden back on. So you've got to get your hopes up and be like, okay, I guess I am pregnant again. So you like, you are happy, but you're like so scared because you kind of know it's hanging on by a thread and your gut's kind of saying, I don't think this is going to work, but my levels are rising. So I've just got to kind of like, I've got to hang on to it. Yeah. It's the then, most fucking, oh, And you know, everyone it. says, everyone's just like, oh, you know, you've got to, you've got to be positive. You can only oh. project positive. You can only project positive because your body knows like it's like, and I'm like, 
that there's bits and pieces in that we were, yeah. It's, it's a just, lot more complicated than that, really. It was just like makes me actually feel sick thinking about what, like, thinking about it anyway thinking about what you mentally had to uphold and go through yeah that was the worst that was the craziest month so then it was literally I think three days before I came to come to Bali bleeding had stopped it's everything seemed like it was going good on track again and then I just went for my routine bloods that I was done was getting every three days at at this point I was nine weeks and then my doctor called, he's like, have you been bleeding? And I'm like, no, no bleeding. He goes, I'm so sorry, but your levels have completely dropped. Which, like, he's like, I'm so sorry to break it too, but you're having your fourth miscarriage. And I'm like, oh. And he was definite. He was like, this is the end of the line. We won't muck you. Like, you know, I'm not going to tell you tomorrow that you randomly are pregnant. This no, no, is no. it, right? Because my levels were one number and then, like, three days later they were completely half. Whereas yeah. up until that point they were trickling up. Whereas they, Weird. They, they basically were waiting for that to happen. Because I was like, book me in tomorrow for a DNC. I'm going to Bali next week. I'm not dealing with this bleeding situation. Yeah. Because at that point I wasn't even bleeding, but he's like, you're going to start bleeding. You're going to have to pass this naturally. And I'm like, oh, my God, can I just not do that? And uh, we missed a really important part of this story. So during, like, so a few weeks before this moment, on a day where Chloe had been told that she was pregnant and thought she, you know, was, her pop had oh basically God. almost passed away this day and you hadn't told your family at all that you were pregnant. And mm. it was, I, I was actually there. It was, I like, it was sad. It was the cutest moment ever. I was bawling my eyes out. You and Paul were on FaceTime to your pop and you told him the news because he was yeah. literally on his deathbed and the whole family in Sydney were around him holding his hand and you couldn't be there, obviously. I hadn't told my family that I was pregnant, but I was like, God, if these are his last hours, like I need to tell him that we're pregnant just so he can like take that news up to grandma and like chumpy and be like, you guys did it, you know. It was so cute. And oh he was God. like, it was so hard because my mum knew, but I had to tell my mum to tell everyone else to leave the room with him and I was like, oh, Papa were pregnant and he was like, oh, that's the best news ever. And it was just like, yeah. That was and the cutest moment ever. He was so happy for you. And it was yeah. so cute seeing you and Fish say out loud you were pregnant to him because it was just like you was, you both were so proud yeah. and so stoked to tell him that news. Like you'd given him this amazing yeah. gift that day. Yeah, and, just, and that's like, yeah. And I'm so like. So sad to think that wasn't real. I don't think we even, like, I actually didn't tell him that I had a miscarriage either. Like, he obviously survived that day and lasted two more weeks and he actually just passed away last week. But I didn't tell him that we had a miscarriage because I was just like, I just can't do that to him again. Like, he, it's just like. Did he pass away thinking you were pregnant? I think so. Well, yeah, unless someone else told him. Yeah. Um, but. Rest in peace, beautiful yeah, papa. This last pregnancy just didn't really feel real. Like, I. I didn't take any of those, like, all the other ones, you know, like I've taken the photos of, like, every week, like five, week six, week seven, week eight of, like, the big smile with, like, the belly that doesn't exist, you know, like Mm. that pregnancy apps. Like I was like, no, I'm just not even going to do that. Like, so I don't know. I think that it's just like now I'm like. You're numb, right? Yeah, I'm super numb and I'm just like far out. It's just I, I honestly. When I had my third, third miscarriage, I was like, oh, surely this isn't going to happen again. Like, surely it can't happen three times. And now it's happened a fourth time. I'm like, 
I don't get it. Like, it's actually your three year wedding anniversary today as we're recording. Like, crazy to think because you actually got pregnant that night of your wedding, right? Yeah. So we feel pregnant the day after our wedding. So exactly three years ago tomorrow was like the very beginning of this pregnancy journey. And you never thought, sorry, you never thought three years later you'd be bloody, have started a podcast talking about this Mm. shit and you'd still be trying for that first baby for you guys. How do you think it's changed you and Fisher as a couple in your relationship and having gone through nearly seven rounds of IVF and four miscarriages? Oh, it's so weird because, like, I just, like, we're great. We're stronger than ever. Like, it definitely, I can imagine, I can see how it would make or break people. And for us, like, it's made, it's definitely, we're like a a complete unit. Like, but, yeah, it's just so weird. It Honestly, it's just the weirdest feeling ever. And I I feel for him too because, you know, you're just not having any answers and, no, I can't even explain. And the man thinks he always, I mean, like we have spoken about this. So I don't want to repeat ourselves, but obviously like because it's the woman's body going through all this shit and obviously emotionally the man is too, or the partner is too, but they, they often feel like they've got to stay strong because it's not them having the physical miscarriage and stuff. But, you know, they're losing babies too and they're getting hopeful and going through this roller coaster too, but I feel like they often get forgotten about. And yeah. I just, you would have learned so much since this has first happened. And yeah. like, what have you guys both learned on what can you tell couples and what kind of advice could we give to guys, but also the girls to help the guys through it? I just like on it, I think for with IVF, that the, the hardest part to grasp onto is the fact that like you have no ability to control anything. You can't control the outcome can't control like you you can't pre-plan anything and I think it's really hard to surrender to that and that that's a really I don't think I'm even that great at it anymore um but I think the best thing would be like communication be patient because some people don't like talking about it I think like Paul is at the point where I think that he's just he doesn't really love talking about it anymore he's getting better we, we just had a chat last night with another mate whose wife's going through the same thing and they were kind yeah. of chatting about it and I was so proud. Yeah. It, yeah, he even said that. He was just like, you know, that, that we need to talk about this more and it's really important to open these conversations with people. And I think another thing as well, it's like the heart, it's really hard to do, but it's try not to get frustrated with each other because everyone's frustrated. It, it's not just you they're actually frustrated as well so it's definitely a testing time for sure and I, for me personally it's I, I like to research and just even when I was going through these this most recent miscarriage I swear to god I was googling shit the exact same shit that I've googled every single miscarriage mm. you're looking into everything like bleeding Literally. like everything what could it be why could I be hcg levels like positive stories with this level at this week like it's just it's so heavy. And it, you must have just learnt so much. I just like, don't really have, like, too much advice. It's just every – I think that – You feel defeated. Yeah. And and I, I think it's just so heavy to say, like, I, like obviously one in four miscarriage – one in four pregnancies end in miscarriage and, like, it's been four in four for us. And you definitely think why. It's not fair. Why, why does this keep happening to the same person and – it's not just me. Obviously, other women go through the same thing and, 
and they would be feeling the exact same too. Just it's just so confusing. And then it's like one percent of couples go through find themselves in the recurrent miscarriage club. And recurrent miscarriage is if you've had more than three. One percent of couples. It's like how can how you be so lucky? Do you fall into like it's honestly real life snakes and ladders. Do you feel like you are almost nearing to a point where you could be looking at other routes like egg donors or surrogacy or anything like that? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm definitely, I've got three eggs, embryos here frozen in in Australia frozen and I have two embryos in the States frozen. So I know that, I mean, I'm hoping that within those five, one of them is going to work. And at this point, if I can have one baby, I'm so grateful for that surrogacy thing definitely we're starting to explore that now like I actually did have a call with a surrogacy counselor I was like yeah I'm here I'm there like this is where I'm at in the journey and then after that call I just had the biggest breakdown because I think it was like this moment where I realized that I might not be able to carry my own baby and that for me is really soul crushing like I, I, I want, I want to be pre- that. Like I want to be pregnant just as yeah. much as I want the baby. Yeah. Like I want to have that experience and have that belly. And like I think that call with the surrogacy person, I was just like far out. Like how can you not give me answers? Um, and another thing that I also really want to bring up, and it hasn't been sitting well with me the last couple of weeks, is I know that I've said on this podcast that. I hate when I see people whinging about their children, that they should be grateful that they have a child. I've like come to realise that that is probably like not the right thing to say because everyone is allowed to have their, like to complain about things. Obviously I talk about how much, how upset I am that I can't have a baby. Why are they not allowed to talk about, you know, everyone has their struggles and it's definitely contradicting myself when I say that. And I want to apologise for that because it's just so not right. But, yeah, I just, I think that you definitely get so caught up in, like, this tunnel vision of your own journey and, like, why me? And I'm so grateful that for the life that Paul and I get to live and we've got so many amazing things happening for us as well outside of this, but this is just one small part that, you know, we can't have right now and, you know, other people, you know, yeah. might not have what we have but then have a child and it's just, like, so wrong of me to have said that and I just I, I just can't get that out of my mind but you know I just want to say that I'm sorry if I offended anyone but at the end of the day we come on here we're not perfect we come on here to try and be so raw with you and vulnerable and shit slips out of our mouth sometimes and yeah it might offend some people and yeah you are only human and I'm sure everyone you know says some things they don't mean yeah and we always pride ourselves kind of on have barely ever editing our podcast but really we probably should edit it more because <laughs> we say some dumb shit you and me complain about Minnie all the time she's a bloody menace so yeah I mean it's inevitable like I wanted her so fucking much but sometimes I'm like shut up yeah <laughs> or like you know it's just kind of but it's a trigger as well for you and yeah everyone's problems are relative you know yeah exactly and I think from here on out, I'm not going back to Australia now for the rest of the year. I'm going to go home for a few days after this trip just to regroup and get my stuff. And then we go to the States for Paul's US on a touring starts. I am going to go to my doctor 
in LA and I'm going to, hopefully they're going to go in. So like I, I'm going to get them to start from scratch and just get like a whole nother set of eyes. Because I think when I saw her last year through COVID, I never, I wasn't ready at that point for someone to go through, start from scratch. Cause I was like, no, I've done all these tests and they're all normal. But I think I'm at that point now where I'm like, nah, I love my doctor in Australia, but I need to start from scratch again and get someone with a fresh set of eyes to maybe just see if they're, but I've missed something. And I, I really do believe that there has to be something going on with my uterus because I can't be 31 years old, be using genetically tested embryos, them implanting, but losing them at nine weeks every time there's something that's not Something's right. And I won't, I just like, I'm not going to settle for being told that there's nothing wrong. So I dare say I will go to LA and I dare say that I will have to have like an invasive surgery and kind of, suss out what's going on in there but in the interim I'm definitely investigating surrogacy because you know at the end of the day the main goal here is to have a baby in my arms and I just don't think I can mentally go through with having another miscarriage I will fully have a mental like a nervous yeah. breakdown because I I'm very strong on the outside but I'm inside I'm still every day in my mind is like What's going on? Like once you start the IVF journey, the IVF journey or the, the journey to becoming a mother doesn't leave your mind for one day. I find myself lying in bed every other night with tears running down my face and I'm not even meaning to be, have tears, but I'm just having tears because I can't solve this problem. And, you know, you just feel really defeated and really like an absolute failure of a woman mm -hmm. to not be able to do the one thing that you're meant to on this earth and it just sucks hard so my heart goes out there to anyone that's listening that's going through this IVF and it's just absolutely no joke not even just IVF just trying to conceive and it not working working you know even secondary infertility it just it just yeah it bloody sucks someone actually sent me this quote and I want to read it to you going off the back of me complaining about you know you should be grateful but someone said a listener sent me this quote saying, telling someone they can't feel sad because someone else has it worse is like saying you can't feel happy because someone else has it better. And I just thought like, oh, it's so, so true. I just was like far out. So although I like, I feel, I felt weird about me saying that everyone's allowed. It just made me realize like, no, everyone's not to complain about anything. You're everyone's feelings are valid exactly. to them and, and like it sh they shouldn't be, yeah. you know, it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks of how they're feeling about a situation. Like that's the way that they're feeling. So yeah, you can't really control that. Even if someone else wouldn't feel that way, if that happened to them. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we obviously niggle at each other all the time and, you know, you're going through what you're going through and you're deep down, you know, you're so always so happy and always so uplifted and always, you know, I'd say stuff that piss you off all the time, but I don't know what you're, <laughs> I don't know what you're going through that, that day and that moment in time. And I think that a lesson that I've learned from all of this is like, you have no idea what the next person's going through. Like you said, that guy at dinner last night telling us about him having a miscarriage last week and an ectopic and mm -hmm. her nearly dying. It's like, just be kind, be kinder in general yeah. because you just don't know what someone else is going through. Everyone's got a bit on, don't yeah. they? So just educate yourself, I think. And that's like the most important taking of this episode is just go back and listen to more yeah. about episodes on miscarriage and and the more you know and and that documentary that we 
that mum misunderstanding misunderstandings of miscarriage with Tahina McManus. We actually interviewed her on the podcast. That's an amazing doco to watch. And I watched it twice. I bore my eyes out in both because it just like really makes you understand and it's so important to support friends that are going through it because it just, it's bloody sucks. I know that when you have your miracle finally come into your arms that you're going to do the same thing, like a doco or a book or something. I just know it. Yeah, I definitely. And I'm going to be by your side up until then, sis, every second Mm -hmm. and then thereafter. I love you. (laughs) Look at the hand holding. (laughs) If this conversation has triggered any negative feelings or thoughts for you or someone you know, you can reach out to Beyond Blue on 1300 224 636 or the Pink Elephant Support Network for emotional support resources surrounding miscarriage and fertility. 